Welcome to an episode of Bands and Botanicals, a unique podcast where a trainer and trainee talk about herbal medicine and fitness. We're your hosts. My name is Danielle Kreese, and I'm a certified personal trainer and owner of DC Fit. And we also have Paula Kirsch, who's an artisanal herbalist and owner of Botanically Curious. So let's go ahead and start the show. Welcome back to another episode. Hi, everyone. We are actually coming to you from the car, sitting outside of a Starbucks to get great internet for you. So we don't run into any problems because we're actually calling someone and they are in Mexico right now. Um, So we wanted to make sure we had a really great connection. But before we get started, before we bring Rachel on, we are going to go into our Oracle card reading for the day. So Paula, what did you pull for us? Mm, Yeah, in the glamorous podcast world, when you're doing a podcast in your car in 40 degree weather, (laughs) um, it's so interesting that we pulled the trout lily today. So uh, the trout lily actually blooms in early spring, so we're coming into that season. And this plant does not flower for the first four to seven years of its life. And so that's why we have um, equated it to the quality of patience for the Oracle Mm. property of it today. So, you know, when we're living in a fast paced world, we tend to expect things to happen really quickly. And this attention span has become shorter and shorter with just instant gratification a lot of the time and people assuming there's like overnight success with a lot of what they do. And so patience is really needed with a lot of that. And that's what this card really reminds us of. And so, you know, it's really beautiful. This is a beautiful flower, usually about an inch in diameter with six petals, really pretty. Um, but it's interesting that it, you know, doesn't bloom right away. It really takes some time to see the the growth and the beauty in that. And so I think that really fits in with just life. Yeah. And it absolutely fits into what we're doing this morning and who we're talking to this morning because we've been trying to connect and we haven't been able to for various reasons, scheduling, life getting in the way. So patience definitely resonates with that. But um, when we talk to our guest today, and and her name is Rachel Pringle Urban, she's actually one of my oldest friends. We met in sixth grade when she started playing with my hair, and I, I asked her to stop. Because <laughs> I wasn't a fan, but I was a fan of her. And, you know, just I've I've been able, I've had the privilege to watch Rachel and be a part of her life and kind of the growth that she's been into. And I would say that with all of the work that Rachel does for herself and for her clients, and we'll get into specifics with that in a second, but patience is a huge part of it because Rachel, mm. I've, and I guess I'm going to bring you right into it. I've seen, Woo. I've seen you, you know, have your ebbs and flow of life and it's taken you time to develop into the woman that you've developed into. And when you talk to your clients and I've been one of them you know when you've helped me in like a life coach platform it takes patience and it takes work to to really come into your yourself I guess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to bloom Um, and not feel like you need to rush and get to it immediately because once you get there like that's it everything's solved Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you taught me that the most is that it's a journey and that it's never like a destination that you're trying to find Mm, beautifully said I'm so I'm so honored to be here. I'm so excited. And also, can I just reflect on what a nerve I had to just play with your hair without even knowing who you were? <laughs> I was like, this looks nice. I'm going to play with her hair. I was obviously uh, a rambunctious and uh, confident child. <laughs> yeah, well, it worked for both of us because I probably wouldn't have played with your hair. <laughs> and then who knows if we ever would have met how many years ago. And, you know, been able to experience all of the all of the things we've been able to do together and and grow together. And we've definitely gone from like children to adults together, for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it's been 24 years now. It's pretty fucking remarkable. Yeah, it is wild. It is wild. (laughs) And that being said, I want to introduce you a little bit more for people because I'm so proud of everything that you do and the woman that you are. So, Rachel has, you know, she started off when we were really young um, doing model <clears throat> model work, excuse me. Um, she moved to New York after uh, during university time and she was a fit model there and that's where she really got into doing some yoga. And I think, Rachel, if I'm not wrong, yoga is really what kind of started shifting your life and your perspective a little bit, correct? 
Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. And then that kind of just like you moved to LA and I feel like your world opened. I mean, not just personally, but professionally um, with the partner that you have today, with the tribe that you've created for yourself. I feel like LA kind of helped you bloom. And now you have wild women retreats. You have a Tantra of Life workshop that you put on with Johan. I know you have the pyramid breath that you do with him as well. And I believe those are seminars that you put on. Mm-hmm. You have a self-love meditation that I've personally done that you've created that I think is so exceptionally powerful. And then you've also, you're a freaking published author yeah. with your wild open sacred erotica book. And then on top of that, this girl who I've watched read 12,000 million Vogue magazines has recently <laughs> been featured in Vogue in an article. And you are just blowing my mind all the time with what you are doing, not just for yourself, but for so, so many people. Mm, so thank, thank you, you for being so here. much oh my god thank you that's like I'm like yes I'm gonna play this back to myself <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh, you're experienced girl you're experienced <laughs> yes it's it's been uh it's been a, a fascinatingly wild and ecstatically blissful life this one <laughs> yeah oh god and I'm just so happy to be able to watch it and so today like I think, you know, we're coming into Feb or we're in February Mm -hmm. and we talked about wanting it to revolve around self-love and kind of just like that empowerment. Um, And that's kind of stuff we wanted to talk about with you because I feel like you are queen of empowering yourself and others around them to feel to feel that deep self-love and to feel empowered. And then also, you know, we'll see where the conversation takes us. I know that Paula has a lot of herbs that she has brought in that are good for um emotional support or sexy support or Mm. (laughs) and then you know I know that you and Johan like to get really physical together and this also being a little bit of a fitness podcast I would like to uh, touch on a bit of that so I think we have a couple of things we could talk about I love it I'm so in I'm a yes to all of these things I think self-love working out and the herbs that the the planet provides are, are really the basis of so much of my life so I'm a total yes to all of this so that being said, Rach, um, I know, I know personally different parts of your story. I know kind of different ups and downs and stuff, but how has, if you could give us a brief, a brief synopsis, a brief glimpse into your journey, um, if there were particular points that kind of you feel brought you to, to where you are today as a woman personally and professionally. Mm. Well, I think, you know, you covered so much of it. New York was, I've been modeling basically my whole life. And New York was a big part of that. I was living in New York for seven years and the modeling industry really was a, a huge, massive mirror into self-confidence, self-esteem and self-love. And even though there were really rough moments in that, I know that as you know, the master creators that we all are, why I created those scenarios to learn the lessons of really owning and being your own champion. Because if you're waiting for others to do that, you're sort of living in this illusion that is only validated by an external response. And so I feel so grateful that the modeling industry taught me that, especially fit modeling for for those of you who don't know what that means. It's basically like I'm a human mannequin for designers to create clothes off of. And it's a fascinating experience. And also it was very challenging to be measured on a daily basis in front of 30 people and being sort of ridiculed for measurements being too big and always in this energy of needing to lose weight. And it was incredibly challenging. And I like to remember it as putting myself in like a purgatory. I was constantly thinking about what I was eating, how I was working out and thinking about where I am today. I'm just in so much more of a deep state of relaxation. And I never mm-hmm. would have had that journey if I didn't have the intensity that the modeling industry really created in my life. And then, like you said, when I moved to LA, you know, I was sort of a, always a natural born hippie, I would say, and, and into all the, the quote unquote woo woo stuff in New York, but sort of on my own. And then when I moved to LA, I just finally was surrounded by people who spoke my language and were interested in the same things. And like you said, my life, it was like I buckled into a rocket ship and freaking blasted off into the ethers. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think was like, 
I don't know, you've tried to help me with this. I know that you also have done some coaching for people and trying to get them to realize kind of their potential. What do you think was an important step for you to kind of start to make that journey towards your authentic self? Because I know that in New York, I know that you had times where we had fun. I visited you there a couple times. I know there were times, you know, it was kind of a party scene. It was, there were definitely good moments, but I feel like you were still kind of, I remember having a conversation with you one time and you were like, you know, I'm a model, but I'm also doing yoga. And sometimes that world didn't seem like it fit together. And you were trying to find how you could express yourself. What do you think is like kind of that first step that someone could take? Because it's a scary first step when you're trying to really find who you are. Yes. I mean, absolutely. I think the, the, the first step that was most powerful for me is when I started meditating. That really changed my whole entire life because I really believe that meditation is, is the art of self-intimacy. So creating sacred time on a daily basis where it's just you and you. And it was the first time that I, that I started to tune into my own internal thoughts and really start hearing how I was speaking about myself and understanding, you know, the scientific expansion of this, which is, you know, our reticulator activating system, which exists like at the base of our neck where our neck meets our spine. And this system is designed to, to confirm what you are believing. So whatever you think on a daily basis, the universe uses this system to gather information to confirm that. And so once I become, became aware of that, I sort of realized, oh, I actually have the power to make the change because I think so many of us are, are programmed or conditioned to think that the, the change has to happen outside of us. And that can make us feel helpless at times and hopeless. Mm-hmm. And those are two hopeless. Hopelessness is one of the most detrimental feelings we can have because it leads us to apathy where you feel nothing and there's like no resolution in sight. And when you realize that you have the power to make a shift by thinking a different thought and then the universe confirms that it's an incredibly powerful aha moment. And I had that really, um, when I first moved to LA about four months in and I had met my now husband and I was meditating out on our patio now and I could hear my intuition for the first time. And I mean, it makes me emotional just saying it. Like I could hear my, my inner voice saying, I've got you and, and, and it's me and you, and this is the space where you heal. It's not outside of you. And that was really the moment that changed my life. I love that. And, you know, when we decided to have you on the show, Danielle had sent me your Instagram and I was looking through things and I think it's so beautiful that so much of what you're doing now is with your husband, you know, like she mentioned the pyramid breath and some of those things. Could you uh, take our listeners through what exactly that is? Mm, Yes. I mean, pyramid breath is like, it's such a fucking game changer. It's so incredible. So, you know, I, I think the the base understanding that most people aren't really privy to is that we hold emotional trauma in our body. Right. And there's a a book going around now that's, that's getting like a lot of uh, exposure, which is amazing. It's called the body keeps the score. And so everything we've experienced in our life, every trauma, every wounding, whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual is trapped in our physical body. And so it's the same way that you see animals in nature, when they get into like a scuffle, they sort of shake their body to release mm-hmm. the, the trauma at a cellular level. And so my husband created this breath work, which involves um, deep inhales through the mouth and sounding relaxed exhales out of, the, out of the mouth and then shaking and screaming, primal screaming. And I mean, we do it every single day without fail. I do it in every single workshop, every single course, because we're, we're such believers of, of waking up every morning and freeing the anxiety, the stagnant energy, the trauma, the nervousness, and, and really transmuting it into what it actually is, which is excitement and energy and life force to actually create with. Mm, that sounds amazing. And, and I, I know one day I will be a part of this. And, you know, that even sounds intimidating to me. I know that I've talked to you about this, Rachel, is, you know, sometimes we feel so stuck. Like you talk about primal screaming or just getting out that, that emotion. And I have 
I'm blocked. Like I cannot scream. I don't know if you've ever tried Paula, but I've been in the middle of absolute nowhere and I still cannot scream. Have you ever screamed? Uh, yeah, I scream on a daily basis. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I think I definitely hear what you're saying. And I feel that sometimes where maybe it's not necessarily screaming, but the emotional aspect to that and almost cracking open that, you know, that lock of just like, okay, you know, you're, you know, mentally that as soon as you pass that point, there's a lot more that's going to be flooding out. And so our, our minds and our bodies are almost trying to protect us, but at the same time, it's holding us back, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I definitely know that I've seen that a lot, you know, doing um, ACEs work with children a lot of the time and looking at ACEs is adverse childhood experiences. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of that, like Rachel was mentioning, you're holding on to that in your body and your mind for such a long time. And then you get older and just working through a lot of that and how that trauma really works. And so, yeah, it's, it's really interesting how we almost stop ourselves from healing because you have to push past that hurt first. Absolutely. And I, I think the beautiful thing is that I, I always actually use this, um, this sort of like metaphor of it is like anything else. It is a muscle that you have to practice, right? It's the same way that someone's mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to get fit. You can't go to the gym one time and expect to be fit. It's a, it's a consistent, you know, practice that develops this part of you that is less fear-based and more excited. So it's the same way Mm -hmm. that you go to a gym. Like I explain this all the time. You go to the gym. First time I went to a big gym, I'm like, I don't know how to use any of these machines. It's so intimidating. You don't know what you're doing. You feel like people are looking at you. You don't know what weight to do, but after you've done it a few times and you have someone who's, who's holding your hand, like a trainer, like you, Danielle, or like Johan is for me, then you just become accustomed to it. And I think the other thing that's so brilliant about it is, is the understanding of fear, right? Fear is, is an illusion that is, that we are, are born with that keeps us exactly like you said, Paula, from doing something that a part of us believes might lead to death really that's what our that's how serious it it feels in our body right and so when we when we go towards something that is unknown and that is uncertain and that feels new and scary fear comes in and is like no no no, don't do this because i'm going to keep you safe right here but as soon as you do it and then you start doing it consistently it just becomes completely natural like i i feel i feel like weird not doing it you know, it's so a part of my, my day-to-day routine. It's like flossing or like working out or like eating, you know, something that feels great. It just becomes a natural state of being. Yeah. I I look forward to eventually getting to that point because man, I live with so much fear and I'm doing some, uh, somatic therapy Mm -hmm. right now. And she always says that. And it's exactly what Paula just said. She was like, okay, you have protected yourself so far and you've done what you've needed to do in order to, you know, whether you're a kid protecting yourself, whether it was after the accident and my mind was protecting me or whatever the case was, she's like, but that doesn't serve you anymore. Mm -hmm. And so we're trying to like break through that. And she even tries to have me punch the couch. And I'm like, I can't, I can't punch the couch. (laughs) Like I do a little like, hey, yeah. the tiniest little shittiest little punch and she'll like look at me and I'm like I know I have more and she'll be like do it and I'm like hey. <laughs> <laughs> and I just can't but it's, it's weird it's like it is and, and I totally what you're saying with that fear and it it it's a part of my daily life is that fear mm-hmm. and it's a whether it's a fear of failure fear of embarrassment and definitely a fear of death and I, and I know that that came a lot after my mm-hmm. accident is just thinking that like anything at any point could completely alter everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I I think the, the other thing that's so fascinating about it is like, and this is what I guide most of my clients through is this awareness that we're actually, we're, we're not really afraid about failing. We're not afraid of, of not doing what we think it's, it's actually really all about being afraid of our own power because when we, the, our body is sort of aware that when we release that dragon, it, it's so powerful that it scares us, which is why we hold back, right? We, we're, we're innately aware, especially as women, as feminine identified people, we're, we know that the power we possess could literally 
burn a freaking mountain down. And so there's a part of us that's like, I don't know if the world can handle this because also the conditioning around that feminine energy is is mostly fear and, and being totally scared of like a, a, a ripe and rageful woman. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, always. I feel like women, they make themselves smaller mm-hmm. very often and, and not just for men, but they make themselves smaller around other women yes. too because you know, you don't, maybe you don't want to make someone feel bad or you, you know, you don't want to, I don't know what, what it is in our minds, but yeah, just, you're right. It, maybe it is just the fear of, of your own potential. Mm-hmm, I love, mm-hmm. you know, the discussions that the topics that we're talking about today and how it really connects the mind and body, because like you mentioned, you know, it's, it's not just one aspect of it. It's really all connected, intertwined and, in, you know, in Ayurvedic medicine and things like that, when they talk about different herbs, And this is why I really got into, as I kind of got a little bit older, back into herbalism and doing some of that, because so much of the either trauma or tension or anger, whatever it might be, is held in different aspects of our body. And then that causes so many health issues. One of the herbs that I was picking out for today, because we're talking about self-love and, you know, shatavri is one in Ayurvedic medicine that really works well for just female health, all over health, digestion, uh, reproductive system, all of that. But the most interesting aspect to it and how it's really used for depression, Mm. because we hold a lot of that trauma for so long. And then we see, we see such a spike, especially now in stress and depression and anxiety, you know, and what that looks like in the body. And so um, just taking this and using it, it's an adaptogen. So you can use it with, you know, an pre-workout or you know if you're doing any kind of fitness so it helps in a variety of different ways but you know in there was a study done in 2009 and they just looked at just the neurotransmitters in your brain and the communication throughout the brain and how that's associated with depression Mm -hmm. and you know what we eat and what we do and so just taking a little bit of a preventative measure by incorporating some of these herbs I think would just be something um you know, a little bit easier than maybe tapping in and unlocking some of those more traumatic aspects right away. Absolutely. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. All lead together, right. Kind Mm -hmm. of work together. Yeah. I think it's, you know, whole, whole health approach. And I noticed Paula in your notes, because I'm looking at your notes while you're, while we're talking (laughs) uh, that you talked about depression, lowering sex drive. Mm -hmm. Right. And Rach, I, I know that you and, and um, Johan do a lot of work. I know and you know that I've uh, battled with my depression and stuff in a hundred thousand trillion percent. One, mm-hmm. depression is exhausting. Mm-hmm. So you're tired in the first place. Mm-hmm. Two, without that self-love, you don't, I mean, it's hard to give love to someone else when I, you don't want, you don't, you don't feel sexy. You don't feel good. You don't feel motivated. You don't, you know, if you don't care about yourself, your prop, your mindset probably isn't, oh, I really want to make my partner feel really great right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, Rach, how do you guys, or do you deal with anything like that of how um, kind of to tap into the self-love so that you could be a better partner uh, sexually and otherwise for your spouse or your whatever it is? Yeah, I think it's, you know, for me, fascinatingly enough, it's all interconnected, right? Because I think I'm... I would like to, I like to jokingly um, call myself an energy witch because I work and think about everything as energy. So when, when I think about the energy of depression, it is an emotion that has been suppressed and repressed. And so there is this condensing of chaotic or erratic emotional states that has been put into this tiny little space. And so it creates number one, a heaviness, a density. And mm-hmm. when we tap into it, also an anxiety, because it's chaotic energy that has been condensed really tightly. And so, mm-hmm. and it's, when I think about energetically in our body, the tendency is for it to go right to our survival, right? Because when we are depressed, we're, there's an aspect of us that believes that our, our life is going to end. So it's in the root chakra, which is the base of our spine, which is also exactly where our sexual energy is. So when we mm-hmm. feel repressed in in who we are our expression the energy that we would put into creativity sensuality sexuality goes into protecting that part of ourselves so it's all sort of really interconnected and when we start to express ourselves and express our emotions and give a voice to it 
consciously and to do it in ceremonial ways. Like when I like to sort of do my rage rituals, I always do it with girlfriends Um, and getting into a room together. It's always more comfortable to get into it when there's women next to you who are screaming their heads off. It's like, okay, they're doing it. It's okay for me to do it. And Mm -hmm. that always in every circumstance that I've ever worked in, which is so many different types, one-on-one retreats, classes, courses, breath work, it always leads to women feeling turned the fuck on they're like oh i actually have a sex drive because that energy is now free to move up and down the spine and you just feel more available you know so i think really for johan and i our main practice in our relationship and something we're deeply passionate about teaching is communication how to consciously communicate how to express and live authentically express how to say all of the the things that you're absolutely petrified to say. And when you do that, you are sort of relieving that suppression of chaotic energy. And I, I really also believe that, you know, we all feel bouts of depression. You know, there are moments, you know, I would say every single month, there are points when I feel depressed. It's part of my hormones. And I think to what you're expressing, Paula, that's when the power of herbs comes in and is such a a helpful reprieve to understanding that, you know, our hormones are a little bit off balance because we're just about to bleed and using the natural medicines to help aid that and free us from this sort of like purgatory of like something's wrong. Cause that's really what it leads to is like this energy of something's wrong. And therefore I need to contract when really the basis of my teaching is that there is nothing wrong. There is no wrong and right. It's just a perspective shift. And when things are okay, your body relaxes and then your body can heal. Yeah, I definitely love that because so many things that are prescribed in traditional medicine here in the United States, when you're talking about like more chemical medicine, have so many additional side effects. Mm -hmm. And so women are taking, you know, antidepressants or other things like that. And then they affect other areas of the body, you know, even on antidepressants, you can have a low sex drive, you can have all these things. And then all of a sudden, you've got issues with a partner or with other things, and then that causes more depression. And so it almost seems like more of an endless cycle. And then really to touch into that, how women every single month, if you're experiencing that, you're reminded or your mindset might be that there's something wrong, Mm -hmm. that this, you know, even though it's such a natural thing. And so moving away from that and pushing past that and I think, you know, that's exactly where a lot of people need to be Mm -hmm. and what we're seeing a lot now in society where there's more body positivity, Mm -hmm. there's more discussions about sexuality and the feminine self and all of those things. And I think it's just, it's really great because, you know, we need that with how much depression and everything else and anxiety we have and stress, um, it makes it difficult to really just function. Yes. Yeah. And with the, and by bringing herbs into it, opposed from uh, as, as support for the body and as preventative medicine, or even medicine that you're using to treat something at the time, I think it has such a, my God, I can't even describe how better it feels because someone who's been on many different antidepressants Mm -hmm. growing up, first off, this whole side effects thing, it's not a side effect. It is an effect. It is absolutely (laughs) happening to the body. And I used to get so mad at my doctors because I would have all these other quote unquote side effects. And I'd be like, this is exacerbating other parts of the problem, but you just keep giving me a new antidepressant and a new antidepressant. And it's just like each one had this, you know, this off putting effect on me and my body or my mind. And it never, it turned the antidepressants turned into another cycle. Right. And it turned into another cycle of feeling like I was doing something wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. I, and, you know, it led to all the relationship issues, too, which, Rachel, I, I'm sure you remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that you said it so perfectly. It's it ends up being a Band-Aid and it, it's not really actually solving the core issue. And the core issue really kind of stems down when using like these, you know, pills and things is like, there's something wrong with you that needs to be fixed. And Mm. that's such a heavy thing to carry versus you likely have something inside of you that you haven't emotionally processed. And let me help you process that, you know, through somatic healing, through dance, through breath work, through EDMR, through all of these different incredible modalities through herbs, you know, 
just the the power of maca alone for your sex drive mm. is so powerful and it comes from the earth and it is natural and you can take it every day and you're not going to feel a, a side effect besides the really nice effect of like mm, i want to get busy with my partner yeah definitely that's one we have on here for sure um you know and especially for uh premenopausal or menopausal women who all of a sudden see this shift in their sex drive or just in their bodies. There's a lot going on when that happens. And maca is great for a lot of those things. And when we talk about energetics and um, affinity drivers, you know, this one's a little more moist, a little warmer. And so just taking that into consideration when you're working with uh, maca. But yeah, it's, it helps men and women both, which is really great. But really, when you're looking at those different stages in life, and some of our listeners might be in this, the premenopausal aspect of it. It's great for, you know, chronic fatigue, mm -hmm. erectile dysfunction, memory loss, infertility, you know, a plethora of things. And like you said, it makes you feel amazing instead of, you know, having these other effects. Yeah. Yeah. I could tell you that Jeff whipped up a large batch of a maca drink earlier. This week. <laughs> he was like, chug this. I was like, um, but yeah, you know, I love, I love that there's so much discussion these days around the natural way to do things or, or just the way to do things correctly and not cutting corners like this may be taking us on a different part of a conversation, but you just mentioned erectile dysfunction. <laughs> and I just wanted to say that exercise could help with yeah, that. Definitely. Um, it's blood flow. It's also, you know, cardiovascular exercise can help with that. If you could get the blood flowing through the body. Mm then you will get the blood flowing to the parts of the body that you're trying to engage. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, and Rachel, you mentioned how women feel turned on after that rage practice. And it's funny because that's a very physical act. Mm -hmm. I've seen some of your guys' videos and you are, you're pounding things and you're screaming and your body is, is moving and it's engaged and it's completely active and alive. And, and there's a lot of research. Well, not, there's not a lot of research, especially in regards to women, but more research is coming out that after an exercise session, you have an elevated sense of a sex drive mm -hmm. and of desire and of that like mm. primal feeling, I guess. And it all kind of goes hand in hand with the movement of the body and kind of getting that energy to move around you. I guess. Absolutely. Right? Well, again, going to, back to what I just said, when you, when you are engaging in exercise and when you are building strength and agility and flexibility, you're also on an energetic level you know, sort of telling your subconscious that I'm strong enough to, to fight off things that might cause death, right? Which is in our root chakra. So when we, when we move our body in that way, we free the energy there, which immediately taps us into our sexual drive. It's like, it's such a win-win across the board. And it's so important. I know you know this, and I'm saying this, you know, on across the board, on all levels, moving your body is literally one of the most powerful things that we can do for ourselves, ever <laughs> hundo p <laughs> <laughs> i like that as the as, that's what the the young torontonians say apparently hundo p okay i got it <laughs> um but you know i know that you and johan like to move together yes. i know that you and johan love to work out together and stuff and i've when you have your partner working out with you it's a powerful thing because you may want to move harder and also you kind of have it in your mind. You're like, Oh, maybe I'll get a little lower and stick my butt out mm -hmm. a little bit more. <laughs> and try to like, you know, but keep that form. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, well, you are keeping your form by sending your hips back. <laughs> but do you, do you experience that when you guys work out together? Like I kind of, to me, it's kind of like a, a little bit of a aphrodisiac you know mm. you're you're kind of sweaty you feel strong like you said you're doing something physical with your partner um did you do you ever find that with johan after and you don't have to go into too much detail, <laughs> but that, that, that feeling kind of that you get afterwards especially if you're working out with your partner hundo p right there hundo p honey <laughs> i mean absolutely we we talk about that pretty regularly i are daily routine. And, and even, you know, we've been traveling all over the world for the last eight months and we, that is such a priority for us working out, doing our breath work, doing our meditation is just a way to keep us in our best body. And it's so sexy to work out together, to feel that we are, you know, and we're championing each other. Johan is amazing. He's like my trainer and he's always like, yeah, go lower, 
you know, push the hips back and, and it's sexy because it's hands-on and we're sweating and it's absolutely an aphrodisiac. And it's, I think, you know, going into the tantric perspective, one of the most attractive things is the energy of your partner doing something that's good for them. It's like, it is a, a pull of attraction that exists in all of us. When you see your partner, you know, uh, getting stronger, getting more flexible, feeling better in their body, it just creates more chemistry and attraction. It's definitely like, we always joke that like, you know, couples who, who work out together, you know, like stay together. It's because you're keeping each other accountable. You're showing up for each other. Mm -hmm. You know, yesterday we're staying at a house with two of our best friends and Johan is an absolute fire starter. And he's like, okay guys, let's all work out together. And like our friend Patrick is like, I don't want to work out. But, you know, we did because Johan's a fire starter. And afterwards, like, everyone feels amazing and feels pumped up and oh, energized. And, and, and especially for, you know, the entrepreneurs out there, working out is such a massive benefit for your creative inspiration. Yeah, you know, and going back to aphrodisiacs and things like that, for those of our listeners out there who uh, might not be necessarily as inclined on a fitness physical perspective just yet, you know, one of the things we hear a lot in the supplement uh, kind of arena is ashwagandha, mm -hmm. right? And so that one is fantastic for, um, you know, anybody who might suffer with low libido, if you have anti-inflammatory issues, even quality of sleep. They have something called moon milk where they put ashwagandha root in there and it helps induce sleep a little bit better. And sleep is a huge portion of how you're going to feel throughout the day if you're going to be more stressed out, you know, and how that's going to play into your sex life. And so it's also connected in terms of energetics and being more of, of an affinity driver towards your heart and your kidneys. Mm. And so we're coming into, you know, uh, Valentine's Day and all the things we talked a little bit about emotional health and uh, health. And a lot of those things are held within your kidneys. And then, you know, um, being able to just be a little more open in the area of the heart. So ashwagandha root is fantastic for a lot of those things. Um, I'm a huge and, fan. You know, like we said, yeah, just stress, you know, making sure that you're lowering your stress uh, anytime that you're starting any new routine, you don't want it to counteract and, you know, then you're too tired to do anything. Yes. So. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm really stressed, Jeff, just, oh God, I hope my parents, I doubt my parents are going to listen to this, but <laughs> <laughs> when I'm really stressed, Jeff will just look at me and he'll be like, do you need some love? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Johan, I'm like actually, yeah, I think I do. Johan likes to call it. I need a good dick in. <laughs> it's true. You know, that's kind of what Jeff says, but I wasn't gonna go there. <laughs> it's okay. My parents will oh my definitely God. listen to this because they love you. By the way, my mom sends her love, and I've said it to their face, so it's all good. We all need a good dick in sometimes. Come on. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> or whatever works for you, whether it's a dick or a vagina. Exactly. You just need some good loving. Exactly. You just need some good loving. Oh my god, so funny! I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Rach, one of the things I really wanted to touch on because Paul and I have talked about this a little bit. You know, you are such a strong feminine presence, mm. and you you want that to be a part of other women's lives mm -hmm. for them to kind of own their feminine power. And the divine feminine, I've heard you talk about that so many times. But at the same time, in the same breath, you and Johan are so intertwined. And at this point, I think you've really found and you speak of that balance of the feminine and masculine. So for our listeners and some people out there who feel like, you know, especially if they're a woman or identify as a woman and identify maybe as a feminist, how do you explain and how can you kind of bring in the masculine so that, you know, neither is overpowering each other, but kind of enhancing. Mm, yeah. So beautifully said. I love how you guys work together. Yeah. I love how you guys work. Together. It's, you know, I think, um, you know, I definitely was way, way, way more in my masculine. I would say the majority of my life, I always had the femininity and I, I've always loved women. I have a strong affinity towards women, but I was more grounded in my masculinity. And I think the thing that is sort of out in the world that is, I don't, I would say not fully true is thinking that we need to take a part of us away in order to balance it out. Right. I need to be less masculine in order to be more feminine and, or, or vice versa. And I actually feel that 
you using what you possess to your advantage. So like my masculine energy, my organization, my doer energy was a perfect foundation and container for me to bring more femininity in. And so I think that that is really what I, what I like say to all of my girls is you don't need to take one away. You just need to, to give yourself permission to experience more of the other. Right. So for, for the women who, who are more like, you know, like producing, achieving focus, masculine energy, it's wonderful. And it's just about bringing in more of the feminine play and the feminine creation and, and engaging in things that make you feel uh, that sensual energy. And it can be many things. It can be gardening. It can be dancing. It can be, you know, uh, dancing. It can be swimming. It's about getting into that fluidity. And then for the women who are more, you know, fluid and more like, all over the place, they can just bring in more of that structure, which is more silence, more meditation, more slower breath work. And I think that when you find that balance, then exactly like you said, Danielle, Johan and I are able to really flow between those. And I'm also able to flow between those with all of my female friends. Uh, my girlfriend that's right. is here with me right now, we, we do a beautiful job of flowing in and out of those poles to balance each other. And it becomes really fun. Um, because both aspects of our, of our life are fulfilling. And there's also that energy in the world that like, you know, you, it's like sort of shamed, like, you know, masculine energy is shamed. It's like, no, no, we need both. We need to be working in unity and we need to be expressing all parts of ourselves and encouraging that in, in others. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I would have never even thought of how you said that you had the masculine energy inside of you already. Um, and realizing, I guess, that you can find that balance within yourself of both sides that you don't need, just like from the first thing you said, not needing that external factor. If you have an external factor to help balance you, I guess that's wonderful. But I, I would have never thought, okay, me, myself, I have feminine and masculine. Like I would have been like, oh, I guess I'm the feminine and Jeff's the masculine. Like that just seems like it would have been the obvious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's um, really like, I, I definitely will say that meeting Johan was because I was already so in my masculine. And by that, I mean, like I was always the leader. I was always the organizer. I was the one leading the pack. Mm -hmm. I was the one making things happen. And, and a, a part of me really loves that. And when Johan is not around, I definitely take on that role. However, when Johan is around, it's an opportunity for, for him to take on that role and for me to just surrender and be in the sort of juicy, like play expression of the divine feminine, which feels incredible. And because he played such a strong and plays such a strong masculine alpha male role in my life, it, it gave me the opportunity to really explore my femininity. And going back to what we just said, you know, because he, ha he holds such a strong sacred container, the aspects of around my femininity that I was really scared of, he held that space to be like, it's safe to go there. Like I've got you, you can, you can be your wild, most free liberated self and it's safe. And I think that's super important for all of us to, to establish within ourselves and within partnership and friendship. Nice. Nice. I love that. Oh God. I'm so grateful for you, Han. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you know, I, I love that we start talking a little bit more about like masculine energy and things because in society, you know, our generation and Danielle and I talk about this quite often, how there's such a shift in, in men to be a little more feminine or maybe just to be, I guess, a little more considerate a lot of the time <laughs> and how that that's changed generationally and how relationships are changing and the dynamic between relationships now. And um, just, you know, maybe there's this, there's still this focus on being so polarized mm -hmm. as men and women from older generations expecting certain things from us. And so I love oh, that the gender roles, yeah. right. That there's a little more of that, you know, balance back and forth. And that if you have a partner, uh, you know, or you're more confident within yourself to just hold that space for yourself and say, I'm going to be who I need to be in the moment. And, you know, your partner doing the same instead of, you know, worrying too much a lot about those types of things. Um, you know, I think that's just really, absolutely. Great. I mean, yeah. the thing that's so fascinating 
I love what you just expressed, Paula, because it's so true. And there is so much around this subject in the media now. And uh, from my perspective, a lot of like shame being thrown around. And really, it, it, it's like everyone is just doing the best that they can with what they've learned from previous generations. And Johan mm-hmm. comes from, you know, he's from Estonia, Eastern European background, and he was definitely bred to be way more stoic and hard and through our relationship and through all of this growth that we've experienced and through me exploring my divine feminine he's also explored that and he's become so incredibly soft i mean he's still his like alpha male sacred masculine but the container is much more fluid and much more gentle and it's it's really allowed him to be a more expressed version of himself because he's brought in more feminine as well i think johan is really also working on now bringing that to the masculine energy of like it's it's okay to be soft it's okay to be vulnerable it's actually really necessary to talk about your emotions and to to own your feelings and getting rid of this idea that it makes you weak and really leaning into how trustable someone is when they are authentically expressed in their emotions. Absolutely. I love how even you just said weak and how, you know, I think something that's happening with our generation and I'm so grateful for it is all of these conversations and also the Mm -hmm. putting into perspective the words that we're using. Mm. Right. Because I was recently talking to a male and they, you know, they were going through something. And I was like, if you ever need me, just give me a call. And they were like, yeah, but I don't want to always call you and seem weak. And I was just like, wasn't Jeff or anything, just for the record. But I was like, person, Mm -hmm. I was like, that's where we're going wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. just because you are. um, an adult male or just because of whatever because of your job because of this or that I was like that word weak is where we're fucking up Mm -hmm. like it's not weak because you Mm -hmm. are experiencing something that you feel and and to or to to be vulnerable enough to reach out for help whether it's to a friend a family member a partner Mm -hmm. uh, another male another woman like and it's just it's these words these words that we keep using that are so you know have these negative connotations immediately ridiculous idea that men have to like suffer in silence and like you said be more stoic and not be able to talk about some of the issues especially in a relationship that I think our generation and the generations that come after us are starting to kind of break down a lot of those walls because we're reevaluating what masculine and feminine even is Mm. and I think that that's such a great thing and you know I know Danielle's going to talk a little bit about some aspects of working out and other things but you know before we get into that one of the things that I thought was really interesting and my psychology professor back in college told me this vanilla the scent of vanilla if you're dating ladies if you're not necessarily with a partner yet or men whatever it is um well men actually really enjoy and are very attracted to the scent of vanilla and yeah so it increases like muscular energy and stimulates um, you know, that sexual, sexual <laughs> appetite. And so ex- it oh, has this, I like that. Right. This thing of like exhilarating the brain. And so when they smell vanilla, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, I think I should yes. really be pumped into gyms more often. Like gyms <laughs> should smell like vanilla. Oh my God. That's going to be dangerous for people. They're going to get distracted. <laughs> I don't know. They may pump a little too hard. <laughs> Oh, but that'd be nice. We could turn gyms into like matchmaker places because people won't know what's yes. going on in their brains. I like just be it. Stimulated. To Actually, Johan <laughs> loves. He's very sensitive to smells, and I haven't worn perfume in over eight years. But vanilla is one of the things that he likes. Do you guys have specific herbs, Rachel? That you? Well, we both take maca every day, together? and we both love ashwagandha. So I love that, and. I personally take for my feminine hormones, holy basil and milk thistle. And I also love primrose, oh, evening yeah. primrose oil, right. like right around my moon coming. Like we're, we're very, very dedicated to our supplement use. Right. We are mm-hmm. a, like, if you see the supplement like cabinet in our house, it's like, my parents are like, what? You must spend so much money because <laughs> we really believe in that. And, and we've never like, none of us take any medicines like I haven't been sick in years I think because of our lifestyle and you know supplements are a huge part of that right yeah I mean that's kind of what we always come back to with it being 
preventative medicine, both mm-hmm. the exercise or movement and the herbs and stuff, because, you know, and, and I experience this a lot when I'm working in certain gyms, especially when I'm involved in any of the sales aspects. Mm. So many people are get caught up in how much yes. it costs, but they don't think about the long term of what they could potentially be saving. I mean, if you don't have to go to the doctors because you're sick, if you don't have to go to the doctors because you develop a chronic disease later on in your adulthood, I mean, you're basically putting a down payment and an investment on yourself, whether you're putting the money towards supplements or a fitness membership or whatever it is, so that you don't have to spend that money yes, later absolutely. in life just to yeah, it's, try it's, to survive. It's, per- mm-hmm. it's keeping yourself like, you know, the, the Buddhists always say is like, you you're gonna die old but while feeling young you know taking care of yourself now with absolutely everything you said and and i would include breath work and meditation in that and that a recipe for a nice flexible strong agile life Mm. yeah oh full circle well so we talked a little bit about these wild woman retreats that you have and some of the things that you do Um, Can you maybe go into a little more depth of because now with COVID and switching over from in person to virtual? Yeah, actually, you know, to be honest, COVID such a blessing in disguise, like eradicating whatever belief I had around having to do it in person. And in the very beginning, I made that switch and I started doing Wild Woman online. I also started doing like a condensed version called Sensual Embodiment, which is like all over my Instagram for free. And it's been so powerful because it's now given me the opportunity to do it all over the world. Like I have girls in Berlin, Finland, Switzerland, Sweden, um, Brussels, like Estonia, it's Bali, Australia, it's like New Zealand, literally India, everywhere across the board. And because now it's online and also the factor of that the women get to do it own home, there is a, a level of vulnerability that they get to touch upon that maybe they wouldn't in person. And incredible and um now like it's parlayed into all my courses where i get to really serve women all over the world which is obviously my highest intention yeah i love that because you know um with everything being at our homes now our workspaces maybe our workout spaces Mm -hmm. and just having more of that sacred space for yourself and being able to do that and have that i think is is so beneficial and not even just, yeah, the sacred space allows you, I think, to be more open to the experience going on. And I've, I've noticed this too with uh, the boot camps that I put on because I've been putting my boot camps on Zoom. And when, mm-hmm. you know, there is that intimidation factor. You had mentioned it, Rachel, of stepping into a gym. And it's so, you know, it affects yes. so many people, men and women alike. And for people to be able to have their own space to move without the fear may be associated with other people watching, especially if they're deconditioned or whatever, whatever the case is, you know, when I've thought about, and unfortunately it hasn't worked, I keep saying it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do your retreat, but I, I would probably know that I would feel more comfortable at home because I do have whatever that block is, that kind of suffocatingness that seems to stick right at my throat chakra. Um, and I know that I would feel so much more comfortable to express myself or at least I think I do. I don't know, because, you know, like you said, when you're around a bunch of people who are also doing it, maybe that it's takes a, some of the pressure off. So it's kind of like it's a combination it's of both. You know, I, I really do is. think that the the ability of having your own sacred space has been profound. And now because it's it's really sort of gone global when I went to Estonia this summer and did my biggest wild woman in person, I had 55 women and, you know, Estonia is obviously Eastern European country and it, and they can be quite um, like shut down. And a lot of people were like, don't expect much. They might not scream. And this class just went off like, like I've never seen before. Every single woman in there was screaming their heads off because there's power in numbers, mm-hmm. right? And when you're in a sacred container mm-hmm. and you're given full permission right. in that massive group of people, it is profound. And I had multiple women that day say, this is the first time I've ever given myself permission to scream before ever. And it's like, I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I like wept at the end of that class. Gosh. It was so profound. <laughs> Yeah. Oh God. I could imagine what that release feels like. 
I think it's really interesting though, because women have to keep Mm -hmm. giving themselves permission to do these things a lot of the time. And like you mentioned earlier on in the podcast, Mm -hmm. um, just making it a daily practice, if you can, making things that are a little more difficult, a daily practice. So that way, you know, there's control sometimes in just Mm -hmm. being able to let it go and knowing, you know, that you're not just going off the deep end. Yes. You know, there's not like this angry woman persona yes. behind it. I, I think you just nailed cathartic. it on the head right there because that is really the energy that we're sort of faced with is this angry, rageful woman. And so we're scared to express this part of us right. because we don't know what's going to come out. But when you can do that in a safe space, you know, whether it's on Zoom, you're still in a, con- a quantum container, we call it, with other sisters. You see them dancing, you see them screaming, and it's like, oh, it's actually okay to do it. And once you sort of get into the consistency of releasing it, you you start to cultivate that energy to serve you versus enslaving you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I really wanted to make sure that we touched on, Rach, um, your self-love meditation, kind of bringing it full circle with, you know, this month and everything, uh, because I've done your self-love love meditation, and, I know, and I've done it a couple times, actually, and I know that it's something that you created, and, you know, you talking about, us just talking about giving yourself permission to express, um, but also, I think, mm-hmm, giving yourself mm-hmm. permission to love yourself, because at least for me that's always been so hard. And I think I also, you know, sometimes I've had this association where, you know, like if I say that I'm, you know, I look good on this day, like Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. me being a conceited bitch, you know, like it makes me feel like if I have some confidence, you know, I struggle with that. Like if I give myself some praise, do I deserve that praise or am I, you know, stuck up for that praise or whatever it is. And I think that's where you end up making yourself smaller or, or I've noticed that pattern in myself. So Can you delve in a little bit about your self-love meditation? Because I have found it so helpful. Yeah, I I love what you just expressed. And it's, it's, that is such a big um, trap for us, right? Again, the programming and the conditioning that is around us is leading us to believe that when we love ourselves, it's, it's being conceited. But, you know, the definition of being conceited means you think you're better than others. And so it's really important to understand the difference when you start to, cultivate that self-love energy, what that actually creates in your being is love for other people, especially for other women. So when we start to really harness Mm -hmm. that energy and own it in ourselves, and when we are on a day-to-day basis, like connecting or seeing other women, our inner dialogue towards them is love and respect and celebration versus competition, comparison, and condemnation. You know, so it's really like, Like I said in the very beginning of our call, that moment that changed my life, that was my self-love meditation was being inside and was, you know, for for those of you listening and I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you, Dee, so you can, you can have it as an attachment with this and give it to everyone for free because I want everyone in the world to do this. Um, It's really, it's quite simple, but it's going through and physically touching every single part of your body and, and expressing what you love. Like I love my eyes and their ability to see truth and beauty. I love my nose and the fact that it can smell all these different incredible scents. I love my teeth and my lips and my skin and, and going through this whole, and the first eight months that I did this, even though I would consider myself a very confident person before that, it, it broke me down in the most beautiful, profound way because our body is yearning for that love. You know, it's, it's like all of those um, incredible Mm -hmm. studies that they've done around rice and around water, the difference between the rice, when you say, I hate you and I love you, it is flourishing. It is powerful. When you see it in water, it creates these crystalline, intricate, detailed, magical, mystical snowflakes simply because of what you're affirming and really sort of helping the world understand that when you are full of love, you are then radiating that into the world versus again, the competition and comparison. And it's just, it's the same thing with the masculine energy. It's just a a pattern that we get to rewrite in ourselves. And instead of thinking this big, big pressure of like, I need to change the world. What we really need to do is to 
is to shift our internal world. And when we shift our internal world to acceptance and knowing and love, then our external world automatically shifts. That's, that's literally quantum physics and science. Everything is mirroring us. And so taking that time consistently to, to mm -hmm. just put your hand on your heart and say, I forgive you and I trust you and I'm here for you and I've got you and I love you. I mean, everyone who does it, even me who's been doing it, you know, daily for eight years, it's still one of the most profound things because it's a remembrance that, that mm -hmm. we are everything that exists is stemming from us. Uh, absolutely. And, and the reason I wanted to make sure we touched on this too, and, and I love how you explained it, for the listeners is, is that you physically mm -hmm. go and actually touch each part of your body mm -hmm. and give it some type of acknowledgement um, or acceptance or love or grat uh, gratitude because it forces you, or at least this is what my experience was. Um, it forces you to show love and gratitude yes. for the parts of yourself yeah. that you always criticize. Um, and that was, I think the most powerful part of it for me in my experience when I was doing this. And it's, it's so yeah. hard to do a lot of the time, but it's so crucial because when you're talking about these habits that you're trying to mm -hmm. break, you have to fill mm -hmm. in that space with a new healthy habit mm -hmm. or you're never going, you can't just, you know, decide, okay, I'm just going to be happy or I'm just going to be content with the way I look or whatever it might be. You have to physically and, and mentally, you know, continue these practices on an ongoing mm -hmm. basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just, you know, just to reiterate the point that you brought up, Rachel, that you've, um, you've taught me so much in, in the conversations we've had is, you know, I always was just like, just like what you said, Paula, mm -hmm. I just want to just get to the point where I'm just happy and content and I yeah. accept myself fully mm -hmm. and everything will be fine once I reach that point. <laughs> and to think that there's ever that one fixed point, I think is where we get trapped in our mind and where it becomes mm -hmm. so negative because mm -hmm. you never will always reach that point and always feel content, mm -hmm. happy and completely accepting of who you are. You know, it's, you always said yes. it's, it's the full journey. It's the whole life that you work on this and that you have your ebb and your flows and, and, you know, and not hating or not having some negative judgment associated with the parts of ourselves yeah. that may be a little shadowier. You said it perfectly. It's like, there's nowhere to get to. That's an illusion, you know? And then when you realize that it sort of takes this pressure away that you're in a race to somewhere that doesn't exist. You can actually just be here and let this moment reveal itself. And, you know, that's sort of like my tantric understanding of it when you can really allow these moments to feed us again versus enslaving us because you're not in a rush to get anywhere because you realize the only place you're ever going to be is here now over and over and over again. And that, that's where we get into the, you know, the Alan Watts and the mm -hmm. Ram Dasses and like, they really, they had it going on. It's like the shadow is, is, is such a juicy and delicious aspect of ourselves. And when we can give that part of ourselves, you know, the space to, to be and exist, all of these gifts come online and all of these powers come online because you're, you're inviting yourself to be whole and remembering that you're whole. You've always been whole. You're always going to be whole no matter what has happened. Hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Pa, did you have any other herbs that would be beneficial to lovers <laughs> or <laughs> not lovers? Um, you know, this one, I always say the easiest mm. way to incorporate herbs is just to drink tea. I put um, rose into a lot of the teas that I make in that because it not only is it good for skin and your overall health and things, and it's very cooling to the body if you have anxiety or anxious feelings and you're a little bit stressed, um, but it also works really well, um, you know, I guess maybe for those that are wanting to open up to the possibility of something else, like opening up your heart, you know, like I mentioned, rose has that affinity for the heart. That's why it's associated with Valentine's day and all these other things now and love in general. And, you know, those that are really anxious or grief stricken that are trying to work through a lot of these traumas, just incorporating mm -hmm. some rose. And nature is such a beautiful example of us, right? You know, the earth roses, they go through their death and rebirth on a consistent basis. There's nothing wrong with it. They don't shame it. They don't guilt it. They're just like, this is a part of who I am. And each moment mm -hmm. they bloom brighter because they're just in full acceptance of what is. It's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, with that, I think that is a really beautiful, beautiful place to kind of wrap things up. Rachel, you've been so exceptional, but I wanted to know um, for people who want to find you. And also, I know you have that link on your Instagram. So what is your Instagram handle? Because it, it opens you up. Yes, to every my other Instagram thing that you handle have is positive Pringle. So positive, like positive energy and Pringle, like the potato chips, P-R-I-N-G-L-E. And you can find my website on there, IamRachelPringle.com. If you guys are putting this out right before um, Valentine's Day, I have an amazing course for women coming up or femme identified called Wild Love Attracting the One. It's a six-week course all on cleaning the energy of our being, letting go of subconscious patterns and really getting into juicy, magnifying, radiant energy to call in your soul partner. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, it will be coming out, I believe, next week um, on Wednesday. So we'll definitely get that out beforehand because I'm sure that there are people out there that Mm. would love that. Um, Rachel, I love you. It was such a pleasure, guys. This was such an awesome conversation. And thank you both for for creating and doing this because I really am, I'm such a firm believer in both of these things, using your body and using the earth to serve us is literally so easy and so potent and may everyone in the world hear your words and may it impact all of us on a deep level. I love you. Ah, ditto boo. All right, everyone. Peace and love. Have a beautiful day and we'll see you next time. And just as a reminder, any ideas or topics discussed during this podcast should not be a replacement for any type of medical advice. Although Danielle is a certified trainer and I have a knowledge of herbal medicine, any decision to incorporate an exercise or herbal remedy is always your own.